0: The Echo Chamber, brought to you by The Homes Report and produced by the international broadcast specialist Marketeers. The Echo Chamber Creativity Series is brought to you by Ogilvy. This is The Echo Chamber. Welcome. I'm Arthi Shaw with The Homes Report and I'm here today to kick off a multi part series on. Creativity that we're doing in partnership with Ogilvy to bring to light some of the pressing issues around creativity within the PR industry. Today's episode, the first in the series, looks at the ongoing stubborn issue of diversity, which, by most accounts, the industry will continue to struggle with for the foreseeable future. Uh, to have this conversation, we'll talk to Ogilvy's Chief Diversity Officer, Donna Pedro. So let's kick things off and welcome Donna to the show. Welcome, Donna.
1: Thank you, Artie.
0: This, of course, is not the first show that we've done on diversity. This has been an ongoing issue for the industry. Racial and ethnic diversity at all levels, gender diversity at the very top, and, and depending on how you look at it, there are also other areas of, of diversity, which I'm sure we'll touch on in this podcast. But first, let's start by defining diversity. So I'm curious how you define diversity at Ogilvy.
1: Uh, we define diversity at Ogilvy to its broadest sense. Of course, the primary aspects of diversity that you just mentioned are very critical in terms of gender, race, sexual orientation, age. Um, but we also look at uh, communication styles such as your Myers-Briggs where you're, lo- you're located. As you know, we are all over North America and the world. So location is an aspect of organizational diversity. And one of the things I find is that people rush to, well, we need diversity of thought, but you're not going to really get to diversity of thought unless you look at a multitude of aspects of diversity. So again, there are primary, secondary, and organizational.
0: You probably won't be surprised by by my next question, but I've been covering this industry now for, oh gosh, um, about a decade. And the diversity conversation has been prevalent for this whole time, but given how much the industry has talked about diversity, there has not been as much progress as one would expect. Why do you think that is?
1: I would think there are a number of reasons for that. Um, historically, if we are talking about people of color, we go back to that there were multicultural agencies that were more open to people of color, that would, you know, they'd find their jobs, higher career standings, etc. I also think that for many first-generation families and candidates, the industry is not as well known. And I think third of all, if you're talking about building a pipeline, our... Entry-level salaries are relatively low when you're competing for some of the best students.
0: Let's take a moment to focus on the gender diversity at the very top levels. Um, we're actually going to be revisiting these numbers this year, but um, but in 2015, which is when we when we last did some research on this, we found that, of course, you know, women make up 70 percent of the overall workforce. They make up about 30% of those very top-level corner office positions. I'm curious what you think is really driving this lag from, um, for women to really reach those, those top positions.
1: I have to be very honest with you. I've been very surprised by it, and things shouldn't surprise me at this juncture in my career. But let me just take a step back when Sheryl Sandberg wrote Lean In. I think I read the first four chapters and threw my head down, and I couldn't believe that here we were X amount of years after the women's movement, after women entering higher education in droves, that we really hadn't moved the bar. So I'm going to really focus on a couple of things that I see that remain, and one in particular is unconscious bias, that we still have to overcome that in the workplace, that there are many assumptions made about women. I don't know that organizations also can successfully on and off-ramp women. I think many women have opted out based on hours and lack of flexibility. As a working mom myself, I am amazed that our Um, support systems in terms of the society have not grown my daughter's 26 daycare closed at 6 30 when she was little and today many places close at 6 so there are a number of factors especially when you add parenting into it and then the unconscious biases and assumptions that are made about women the other thing that I think we have to talk about is that in many organizations there are still quote-unquote boys clubs where people are more comfortable where those decisions are being made and we really have to break down those barriers so one of the things that we've done here as opposed to just having mentoring is that we have sponsorship so that in order to get more and more women into leadership roles into key roles that they need people advocating for them as sponsors not just mentoring them as coaches
0: Can you talk a bit more about the difference between sponsorship and mentorship?
1: Um, Yes. A a sponsor is someone who is not your manager. It's someone who sits at the table, if you will, who can have an influence on your career in terms of your professional aspirations. Um, Sylvia Hewlett from the Center for Talent Innovation wrote an amazing book, and it's called Forget a Mentor get a sponsor, because that sponsor's role is very, very well defined as someone who can help you advance your career, can be a liaison back to your manager as well, whereas mentoring relationships tend to be less formal, um, they are formed on their own, they're usually formed informally, and that person is more of a coach than someone whose actual job is to help you advance your career. So
0: how does one go about finding a sponsor within their organization? Is that something that should be formalized or is it something that's more, there are more casual connections that are made that can lead to sponsorships? How would it work?
1: We've done it two ways here at Ogilvy, and it's been more formalized. We did a pilot two years ago where we identified 13 um, senior women leaders, women we felt who were very high potential, and actually assigned them sponsors. So this was the pilot program. Those women were then responsible for sponsoring 13 rising stars, and it was an amazing program. Out of the 13 women, seven of them were promoted. Um, Two made lateral changes in their career, and the other four left the company, and when I say to people that a person, they left the company, they think that's bad, I think it was a time for them to reflect, is this what they wanted in their career? Because one woman left to rehab 100-year-old homes. So she was at the end of her career and really made a decision it was the right time. So right now we have a program called 30 for 30. We have identified 30 women across North America who all have sponsors, who all have done their personal aspiration statements, who all have received 360 feedback. And then the women get together for dinners and have really built a very strong internal network. And we don't, we're not finished with this year's program. It's an 18-month program. But so far, quite a number of the women have been moved into key leadership positions in the USA transformation. And USA is our Ogilvy USA transformation.
0: It sounds like right now the focus of the program is primarily on, on, on promoting women. Uh, are, are there plans to expand beyond that?
1: Uh, right now, the focus is on gender. And I'll tell you why I've chosen that as the chief diversity and inclusion officer. Statistically, we do have more women in the company than we do people of color. I am a woman of color. I feel if we get this right for women, then I know what the pluses and minuses are as we move forward to ensure that more people of color have those same opportunities
0: there's been some research that shows that a key uh, component to retaining employees is for the employees to see uh, people who they who they feel like they can relate to in, in in leadership positions for our industry where there are so few people of color um, at the top in top management leadership positions um, you would think that this is contributing to the, the retention issue for people of color so I'm wondering if you have any thoughts on what the industry can do most urgently to address the, the lack of diversity, pe- men and women of color, um, at, at, within, within the management teams.
1: Um, that's a tough question. I think for me, part of it is the unconscious bias training. And I'm not talking about awareness. I'm talking about really looking at what are your implicit biases? How might they play out? how do you acquire talent have you considered doing blind resumes Um, have you considered doing an assessment center have we considered uh, transferable skills because there are many people of color in more traditional organizations such as consulting and financial services that do have the skill sets to work in our industry, but oftentimes we want to hire quickly, we have that requisition, we have client pressures. If we take a step back and think about it, um, there are individuals who could come in and they might not be you know hitting the deck the first day, but most certainly within two weeks they will.
0: That's a really good point so many. Agency job recs have a prerequisite of you know X number of agency years, and you know of course if the if the industry if the agencies in particular have such a issue with diversity, and you're making agency experience a prereq to 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 um, successfully apply for a job, then um, then of course you're just sort of feeding into that same cycle, right? So. So do you think the key is, you know, as, as, as you mentioned, um, changing our job descriptions to some, to some degree and maybe putting that emphasis more on the skills obtained and less emphasis on where those skills were obtained?
1: I, I do believe it is the key and I will give you an example from a previous employer. I worked in the music industry and we were challenged at a certain time to diversify our creative department based upon our clients of the time and we were faced with the same thing we're talking about now that there weren't that many people of color who were in the music industry in higher level copywriting art directing positions what we did was we went to skills and especially around writers we hired a lot of writers out of publishing so once again it was that transferable skill um... you didn't have to have music industry experience we were looking can you do write copy? Can you, you know, uh, um, craft a message? Are you an art director? And it, we were very, very successful, but we were under a tremendous amount of pressure because the industry was changing and it needed to reflect the diversity.
0: I want to go back to what you said about blinding resumes because there has been some research that has shown that that, that, that can be... Um, somewhat of an equalizer um, when applying for jobs is there anything specific that you all do at Ogilvy to to blind resumes at some portion uh, during the hiring process
1: Um, it depends on the location but I'll give you an example of something that we're very proud of here at Ogilvy and this is around pipeline Um, We hire recent college graduates every year to become associates. It's a high-potential program. They are in a rotational program for a year. We have approximately 17, 18 target schools. When the students come in, um, first of all, when they come in for what we call Super Saturday, it's an assessment center. There are no resumes. All throughout the process, it's behavioral-based interviewing. everyone is asked the same thing, they're judged on specific criteria, and we know from behavioral science when you're making decisions in groups, you tend to hire more diversely. So it's a very fascinating correlation. So if I look at my incoming class of 2017, I do have diverse representation across race, gender, ethnicity, socioeconomics. So removing where did you go to school, which is a positive bias in many cases, but can work against others, from the equation, it's netted out a more diverse group. We don't do blind resumes in general, but some of our departments have requested that they do. You know what the studies say in terms of the assumptions around names, etc. Uh, there are many studies around that. But I think there's another fascinating piece why I find unconscious bias training so important. And there is a piece of research about how do white interviewers interface with um, applicants of color. Many times, they're not as warm, or they sit further back. They cut the interviews short. And when I heard that information, I was, quite frankly, shocked. But if you're not aware of what you're doing, it can certainly happen. And since we all have these unconscious biases, it's how we are hardwired as human beings, I think it's so important to start peeling the onion and getting to them and shining the light on them and changing behavior.
0: In the many years that I've been following this topic... I, I can say that you know the intent seems to truly be there you know the intent to, to bring more types of diversity within the organization to to promote more diversely within the organization um, the biggest hindrance or challenge seems to still be this unconscious bias that you're that you've mentioned um, it works in in very powerful and and subtle ways uh, there's um, some research that we've referenced before, for instance, that that shows that men with stay-at-home wives tend to have, you know, unconsciously negative perceptions about um, working mothers uh, within their organization. And you think about how something like that would inform, um, for instance, a, a male manager with a stay-at-home wife um, that would inform some of some of the decisions that he makes about promotions or even just how he perceives his his colleagues and and he may not be aware of this at all because it's it's probably lurking very deep in 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 the in, in the unconscious mind
1: and the assumptions that you make right there that's about making assumptions so if your wife is stay at home and there's a, a working mom on your team what type of assumptions might you be making as opposed to asking and i have found that is such a simple solution. Don't assume someone cannot relocate. Don't assume someone cannot work longer hours. Don't assume, ask them. Because every individual situation is different, but if we base it upon our lives and our families, we really don't have the answer.
0: It seems like the industry has made some progress around the policies or its workplace policies um, to make the work environment more accommodating to a greater number of people, whether that's things like parental leave, whether that's flexible working in arrangements, whether that's on-ramping. Do you think that the the policies um, is one area where the industry has made some, some significant progress?
1: I think the policies are there, but I still think Um, the work needs to be done, Um, there there is work to be done, I'm sorry, um, because if I look at here at Ogilvy, we have a flexible work arrangements policy where you can work from home or alter your hours. We have a return to work coaching program for parents, not just working mothers. It's about changing the culture to not always be a FaceTime culture. And when I look at flexibility, it is beyond a women's issue. Millennials want more and more flexibility. It could be that they're taking a class, it could be that they have a hobby. It doesn't matter that flexibility has to be there. And we have the technology, and I think we've been, I think the intent of policy is there, but I'm not sure it's deeply ingrained in anyone's corporate culture yet.
0: I want to go back to something that you said earlier about the difference um, in the way that hiring decisions are made in a group versus individually. Can you talk a little bit more about that?
1: Um, Just if you look at behavioral science, when we make decisions um, singularly, um, we tend to, I'll use snacks as an example. If we were going to plan our snacks um, each day, we tend to plan the same thing. But when we do it, Over time, you'll get more diversity in it. So it's how our brains actually work. And so in using an assessment center, and there are a number of companies in our industry that do this, you see a number of candidates for the same job the same day. And what we have seen, the results have been, are more diverse hires so oh, interesting it's very fascinating this all goes that's why i like unconscious bias training because again it goes back to how our brains are wired how we think how we make quick decisions how we make slower decisions it, it, it's so fascinating in terms of our fight or flight instinct it's ingrained in us and i have a saying that we're all beautifully flawed human beings and until we start to look at ourselves we can't change but once we look we're all able to change but again sometimes you have to just stop and be still and make a decision
0: do you think the message has been received that diversity isn't just a feel good initiative that diversity is is good for business performance and going back to the to the theme of this podcast series it's it's good for diversity you know, in the last year we've seen you know some companies like HP and General Mills actually require um, diversity in their agency partners. Do you think that's been the big wake-up call that diversity isn't just about doing the right thing, it's about doing the right thing for the business?
1: It's about doing the right thing um, for our clients and the brands that we represent. Um, And especially when we look at, again, the demographics of this country, um, yes, it is a business imperative. We have professional networks here. Um, We have 10 of them at Ogilvy, New York, and they're scattered around the world. And those networks do have an impact on the business and help to drive the business. I'll give you an example of our young professional network um, is – hosting their Millennial Summit tonight. They have done work for the city of New York. Our Ogilvy Pride group in London has written a piece on um, identity of millennials and shared it with our clients. Our networks have worked with many of our clients, whether it's focus groups, reviewing work, doing translations, so that the work that's going out of our door has authenticity to it, and has been looked at from a number of different perspectives.
0: There is, of course, a lot to unpack with this particular topic, um, but we've covered off quite a few angles here today. Donna, is there anything that I haven't asked about that you want to to touch on?
1: Um, what I think is really important is what Ogilvy, <clears throat> how Ogilvy has Let me think about how I want to say this. What's really important is the structure of the diversity and inclusion function at Ogilvy. When I was hired 10 years ago, I was hired in and reported to the CEO of North America at that time. I have a department, I have resources, I have a budget. I'm not wearing two hats. In which many people do in our industry, they are wearing an HR hat and a DNI hat, and they are in the HR function. I report to John Seifert, our global CEO. I reported to him when he was the head of North America, <clears throat> as I'm taking DNI to a global level. So I think it's important to have a dedicated, experienced resource um, to really partner with the business. To move diversity and inclusion forward for the organization,
0: that is indeed a good point to to mention. Um, the way an organization resources diversity is is key, um, and for agencies that do have a dedicated person around diversity and inclusion, sort of you know what that reporting structure looks like is also really important. Um, well, that's all the time we have today. Um, Thank you, Donna, for for this great conversation. Um, We will continue on with this creativity series in partnership with Ogilvy. Um, And uh, before we close, I'd also just like to thank our production team at uh, Marketeers, and we'll be back soon. You've been listening to the Echo Chamber Creativity Series by Ogilvy. Brought to you by The Homes Report and produced by Marketeers.